Hello, everybody. Thanks for choosing to listen to our podcast on Marigold by Eugenia W. Collier. We are going to be going deeper into this short story. It is going to be great. I think there are many ways you can interpret this story. It makes for a very interesting time reading it. I like this story because it has multiple messages in it, and you can interpret it so many different ways, and it can teach you so many things. I'm Magdalene, and now next to Hannah. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for listening. I'm Hannah, like Magdalene said, and I'm so happy you could be here listening with us today. The story we're talking about is Marigolds, once again. I believe this story to be a good story to learn from and most definitely a five out of five. The thematic lens we will be using to read this story is hopelessness. All right, everybody. Breathe slowly, in and out, in and out. Keep breathing slowly and calmly, letting your breathing relax you. Imagine that your body is a fleece blanket. Imagine that blanket is dipped into warm water. Imagine how it would feel to be floating, suspended in the warm water, gentle waves moving your body. Now picture being lifted out of the water, the heaviness of the water stretching the blanket, stretching your body, so you are very tall. Imagine that the blanket is placed on a warm concrete surface in the sun. Imagine how it would feel to be this blanket, so warm and heavy, completely limp. Steam rises off your body, warming from beneath by the warmed concrete, and warming from above by the sun. Imagine how it would feel to be this damp blanket and having the water slowly evaporating, becoming lighter and lighter, steam rising and carrying the water away. Feel your whole body becoming lighter, relaxed, totally limp. Let your body become completely relaxed, so calm, so serene. Now that you are starting to feel more relaxed, let's focus on dealing with grief. Dealing with grief is very tiring. You may have been feeling tired, stressed, and burned out lately, and this may cause the grief process. It is normal to be short-tempered and have problems with memory and concentration. The process of dealing with grief is similar to the process of recovering from a physical injury. When a physical injury occurs, the body needs time to heal and recover. Dealing with grief is no different. The mind needs time to recover and heal. You need time to cope and deal with grief. Be kind to yourself and give yourself this needed time. If you liked feeling that relaxed, go to innerhealthstudio.com. All right, everybody, it's time for our 30-second summaries. Like in the title, it's 30 seconds of us summarizing what happens in this story. Are you ready? Because I am. All right, in Marigold, there's a character named Elizabeth, and she's telling the story from her childhood point of view. She's going back in her memory, and she recalls one particular day where her brother, her, and her friends were outside, and they went over to her neighbor, Miss Lottie's house, and they started like terrorizing all her flowers and everything. And then she came home that night and her father had a total meltdown and she didn't know what to do, so she got up the next morning and ripped up her neighbor's flowers and regretted it for her whole life. Ta-da! So there's this young girl, her name's Elizabeth, and she's looking at 
looking back at one of her memories she had when she was a child. And it was when she was little and her brother was little and they were running around and they weren't in a great neighborhood, they were super poor, and it just wasn't that well. She remembers running around with her friends and tearing up this old lady's uh, flowers. And then that night she goes home and her father has a mental breakdown and she doesn't know what to do. So she goes back to that same old lady's house and goes and tears up the flowers. All right, everybody. Now that you heard our 30 second summary, it's time for you to vote. Who do you think did a better job? I mean, personally, I think, of course, I did a better job. Of course not, it's me. <laughs> but it's up to you guys, so go ahead and vote for who you think did better. Push that button for me. No, with me. In this book, hopelessness is transformed from a mindset slash emotional thing to a physical action. We're gonna analyze Four quotes from the book <laughs> using our thermatic lens hopelessness. Our first quote comes from page 120. I feel again the chaotic emotion of adolescence, elusive as smoke, yet as real as potted geraniums before me now. Our analysis on this is we may feel very hopeless, but we always have a chance to change that hopelessness to a feeling of wanting and interest. All right, our second quote is, nor did we wait for hard work and thrift to pay off in shining success as the American dream promised, for we knew better than that too. And through our thematic lens, we saw that in life, we have chances that we may feel hopeless or opportunities that may cause us to feel hopeless but we can take those chances and we can turn them for the better and instead of feeling hopeless, we can feel accomplished. And it, it may not be always as it seems and it may go wrong if we try, but there's always that chance to get back up and try again. So be, taking that hopelessness and turning it into hope is what you have to do. Our quote three says, but old fears have a way of clinging like cobwebs. And so when we sight them, they tumble down and we have to stop to reinforce our nerves. That's from page 122. Our analysis on this is when we get scared, that is what we remember the most. We really don't remember anything but that feeling. It just sticks there and stays. And as much as we wanna remember maybe what that person looked like or what we were wearing that day or what the place around us looked like, we can't because we're just stuck with that feeling of fear that just keeps us locked in that emotional state. It's just pure crippling fear. It is, and it's just, it's hard to overcome that, that feeling of fear, the feeling of being hopeless and encased and just kind of trapped. In total darkness, but you gotta find the light in the darkness and be hopeful. Very true. All right, our quote four. All right, quote four is, for despite my wild contrition, contradiction, Contradiction, she never planted marigolds again. And our analysis of this is that sometimes we try to do things and we get torn down or we get worn down and we start to give up and we feel like we can't do it. We're hopeless. There's no reason we should be doing this or we can't do it. And we just lose sight of what we're trying to do. And But once again, there's always that chance to try to do it and keep pushing and do it right. And Sometimes those actions will hurt us and we don't want to get back up, but we always have to try because there's always that chance that when we get back up, 
it will be better than you could have ever imagined. Alright guys, we're going to do some four-tiered reading analysis, which is where we take a quote that we picked from the story, and then we're going to analyze it in four different ways. So like, four, so it's like you have the first level, the most basic level, which is the literal actions and what is literally happening in the story. The second part is the figurative meaning. Like, read between the lines. What can you understand from the story? And what is it trying to tell you without just flat out saying it? The third tier, or the third level, is how does it personally, like, how does it personally reflect into your life? And what does it mean in your life to you? And the fourth tier, or the fourth level, is how can you put this into your life? And what does this quote tell you to do in your life? How does it tell you to act or think or change the way you, you do certain things for the better? Better. So, let's get on to our four-tiered reading. Quick snack break. <laughs> for you, just so you all know, crumbs just went flying everywhere. <laughs> the quote we will be looking at is on page 125. The world has lost its boundaries. My mother, who was small and soft, was now the strength of the family. My father, who was the rack on which my family had been built, was sobbing like the tiniest child. So, our tier one. We're looking at this literally. Like, what's going on in this uh, quote? What our literal opinion on this is, is what's happening is this little girl is really losing her emotional support. She is relying on her parents to help keep her mentally and emotionally put together, but they really um, all lost their emotions, and so she just let her slip because she saw her parents' emotions slipping. She really had no hope left after this because once your family shifts or something like that happens, it might cause you to lose hope or faith or really even trust in your family because they might not be there, be that mental support for you. And it also shows that her mother has not lost hope, which she should be looking at, but she's not. She's completely overlooking the fact that this mother is really trying to pick up and carry the entire family. That is what's going on literally in this quote. Alright guys, it's time for tier two. What is the figurative meaning of this sen er, quote? I guess it's not a, it's more than a sentence. Anyway, I'm going to read into this and tell you what I think. So, I think that in life, we are comfortable with what we know, and we don't want it to change, but we know that even though we want it to stay the same, it won't. It's just things are going to change no matter what we do, no matter how hard we try to keep it that way. And when something that is so, like, strong and stable in our life, or reliable, like our parents and them being strong and reliable... Um, when they aren't strong anymore or they feel like they can't handle something, we feel like um, everything is falling apart and we can't do anything about it. There's no way we can just put it back together. And it's like if you're standing on the ground and it just caves in below you, you can't do anything. You can't just take some glue and fix the ground. It's just the way it is. So you have to try to work yourself back up to where you were and come out of the hole and get back on top to where you're comfortable on top of the earth.
I agree with Mags that, you know, your parents and your family are really your ground level support. Like, that is the base of who you are. A family really defines who you are. And as you grow up, they get more and more important. I mean, as teenagers, it might not, like, seem that we think that they're super important, but they are. They really are just our ground level and our base, and they're really the rock on which we can rely on. Yeah, and if we don't fix it, we right away we start to feel like, oh, we're never going to fix it. We get so hopeless that we just give up and we try to live our life in that hole with nobody being able to help us because we don't think it will ever get fixed. So when we start to gain hope again, and it may take a while, but when we start to gain hope again, we can start to carry ourselves and climb up out of that hole and just fix everything the way it was, put our base back together. It'll mend over time. It will never be exactly the way it was before something happened, but it will begin to mend itself back together and everything will come back to the point where you feel comfortable. You feel like you're in control and you have hope that everything is going to be okay. All right, time for tier three. This is a reflection on the personal part of this quote. So what I feel is that like what speaks to me in this quote is when you or I see someone I look up to breaking down it gets me upset and I feel hurt and I feel like pity for them. I want to help them in every way I can but that's me looking at the negative. When I try to look at the positive I look at it as a way to give back to them because when they see me hurting I know they always are coming and supporting me and helping me work through it, but when it's their time and when they get hurt, I want to be there for them. And I just want to, I want to support them and it's my way of giving back to them, of helping support them. And when they need me, I want to be able to be there and step up and help because that's really what is important to me and what I feel we could all do a little bit better sometimes. All right. And when I reflected on this quote and, like, what I felt about it is then, like, in the story when Elizabeth sees her dad crying, it was like she looked up to her dad as somebody who's strong and she felt like everything was crumbling because that one person who was strong was crumbling. And I know when I see someone I look up to or care about get hurt or frustrated, I feel very distraught and hopeless like I don't know what to do everything's going wrong but and it feels like my world is just kind of slowly falling apart because one thing after another seems like feels like it's going wrong because I'm always in the negative when I see something like that happen like for example my whole year this year has been a little bit distraught and crumbly but it's getting better and everything can change in a matter of seconds to go better you just have to put the effort in to make it go better and it can feel like something is overwhelming or you feel weak and vulnerable. And I know personally, I don't like that feeling. So I try to avoid it with all costs. I don't want people to see that maybe I'm not strong enough to handle something. So I try to make up for it. But inside, I feel like everything is not going to happen. Like I'm not going to be able to prove to everybody that I'm strong enough to do it. So I start to get hopeless. But in the end, it always turns out all right. Maybe you don't think so, but you will see it, that it will turn out to be okay. Alrighty, peeps, time for tier four. No clue I just said peeps, but I did. Anyway, so 
Tier four is what does this quote call you to do? What does it tell you to go out and change or go out and fix in your life or go out and just do better? So I think when I looked at it, it was telling me that I need to take time to look at situations that I feel hopeless and just change the way I look at it. Maybe go from a different perspective or I know when we looked at the story, we used the thematic lens of hopelessness. I know that you can't just go through life picking a thematic lens, look through everything. But if you really feel that hopeless, maybe instead of looking for one specific thing in it, look for the other specific thing that's the positive version. Say you feel hopeless, go and look, see where can I feel hope? Where can I find hope in whatever is happening? And uh, when... Also, when can I look to give other people hope? Or when can I look to give other people faith or trust or something comforting? And I can start by just every morning saying, this morning I'm going to wake up and every time I feel this certain feeling throughout this day, I'm going to change it. I'm going to feel this way instead. On to Hannah's. All right. So what this quote is really calling me to action for is when I feel that someone is hurting or hopeless or is just in one of those states where their world feels like they're crumbling. I shouldn't just look over them or give them the like the pity that they're looking for. I should actually try and help them. Maybe I can't help them completely, but maybe I can give them support and help them find someone who can actually help them. I need to be there for these people who are hopeless or struggling or are just in a bad state. I just want, and this quote is really calling me to be there for these people. Not just like the usual, like I said before, but someone for them to talk to or someone for them to look to help for. Maybe be there just so that they can get out their words. That's really what this quote is calling me to do. Once again, that was our tier four. Thank you for listening. Alright, so where we're recording, there's some posters in here because there's a lot of books. It's like a little mini library. And I found this quote that says, The world may be broken, but hope is not crazy. By John, That was said by John Green. And I think that just puts into perspective how easily we can just think that we're not hopeless. We can try to come up with another excuse that it's the world's fault, not our fault for feeling that way. So yeah. We want to close this podcast with a blessing slash wish for our characters. So my blessing slash wish goes out to the character named Miss Lottie. She is the old lady who planted the marigolds and whose life was really falling apart. And when Elizabeth came and just tore up her flowers, that was kind of like her last straw. She didn't really have anything else to hold on to. I picked this character because she is a strong woman. And even though she has no support in her life and she may be hopeless, she still is strong. And that's just an inspiration for everybody. And I feel that everyone can learn from this character. All right. I chose to give a blessing to Elizabeth. She is a main character. And I feel like sometimes I relate to her a little. And I feel like she felt there was nothing left that she could rely on in her life that had worth to rely on and so she didn't know what to do she didn't know how to let everything out 
and she just, she felt like she was going to explode. And so what she did, she got up one morning, and she made the wrong choice, but she decided she was going to go rip up Miss Lottie's flowers, because she just needed to let it all out, and she had no other way to do that, because she had nothing else to rely on. And it was the wrong choice, and she regretted it, and she knew that was not something that she was supposed to do, and... But she didn't have a choice because she didn't know how to cope. She was a young girl who was losing everything she had hope in. So those are our blessings and wishes for this story. All right, everybody. We're so sad, but it's time to go. We got to end this podcast. But bye, everybody. We'll see you next time. Yeah. So hope you enjoyed it. Bye. What is the main purpose of laws? Should they promote good behavior or punish bad behavior? The purpose of the laws is to keep justice between the people. And they also um, permit for smooth transactions between people.